Hey everybody, thanks a million for tuning in to the third episode of the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. My name is Dan Kyo. I am a psychotherapist in training in Dublin, Ireland. I am a social care worker and work with Focus Ireland, a charity who work with individuals and families who are affected by homelessness here in Dublin and across the country. I also have a page on Facebook called the Dan Kyo Wellness Project in which I've been blogging about my own wellness journey for over three years now. The whole idea of this podcast is that you will listen to the guests who I am interviewing who have inspired me over the past few years and hope that you will take away something that will help you increase your own wellness. So thanks a million for tuning in today. My guest for today is the one and only Amber Mickelson. She is a certified fitness trainer and specialist in fitness nutrition from the International Sports Sciences Association as well as a Total Mommy Fitness certified prenatal and postnatal trainer. Her work focuses on encouraging movement and good nutrition as self-love for everybody. She is the head coach for the Move, Renew, Repeat program, a collaboration with author and self-care advocate Erin Brown. She also loves long walks and warm hugs from strangers. One of those last two things is a lie. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed making it. And now on with the show. Hi Amber, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm so glad you decided to come on today and thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for inviting me. No problem. So you told me off air that you had listened to the previous two podcasts with Stephen Obar and Aaron Laravik. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, I know that the listeners should know that we've known each other for quite a long time now and we've followed each other's journeys up to the lower echelons of Facebook Um me on Dan Kyo Weight Loss Rebels Ambassador, now Dan Kyo Wellness Project, and yourself as Rural Rebel Mama. I was reading your blog today in pre-preparation for our chat, and one of the lines that stuck out to me was, maybe we're looking at it the wrong way, as though self-care needs to be some huge valiant effort and time suck in order for it to count. Could you give a bit of context to that quote and um, what you mean? Absolutely. I think that actually touches on um, one of the ways that I've changed in the last three years. And that's um, my perspective about how to take care of myself has changed a huge amount. Um, I used to believe that, you know, for a long time, I just ignored how my body felt and and what I was eating and just tried to pretend that it wasn't happening uh, until I would get to the point where I'm like, okay, I feel disgusting. I look disgusting. I can't handle this anymore. I need to do everything right now. And then I would go on a crazy diet. I would get into the gym for an hour or two hours every day and just go hard, go hard, go hard until I burnt out. And um, it happened every single time. Um, I could never hang on to that intensity. So I've really started to come to realize that self-care is just tiny little choices that I make every single day that um, lead to me feeling better. You know, so many people are like, well, I've got to start the diet on Monday. You know, I'm going to drink three bottles of wine on Saturday because I'm starting the diet on, on Monday or, um, you know, binging on a pizza or whatever, uh, because Monday is, is always better to start than today. And for me, it, it's it's turned into... Every single decision that I make can either help me or hinder me. And I think that's a huge mindset change that has changed my life. 
So what you've spoken about there is something that I have consistently been speaking about on my page for quite a while now, particularly given that this is my 125th day of training in a row. This is crazy, you know, idealized, ambitious idea of training for a whole year. But the one thing that has allowed me to, I suppose, do the 125 days in a row is that focus on the tiny little things, you know, the little decisions that sustain me or drain me so i i completely connect to what you're saying there another thing from your blog that i thought was really interesting was the word mombi (laughs) i'm sure lots of people have read your blog who are listening right now but um could you elaborate on the word mombi for us and what it means for you in terms of your journey well, you bet. Um, I didn't coin that. I can't remember who did, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's what I am. Because um, my kids, my youngest is a great sleeper. He's always been a great sleeper. He um, looks forward to going to bed. He's, he's much like me. Sleeping is awesome. So um, good night. I'm going to bed. My daughter is five and she still struggles to sleep. She still wakes up in the middle of the night. Um and, and it's difficult to get into bed and to convince her that sleeping is wonderful. We, we struggle with it. So I don't know the last time I had a really great sleep. Um, it's been almost six years, I think, because I didn't sleep while I was pregnant either, because that's fair. Um, so this whole idea of the mommy thing is that, like, you wake up, and, and I mean, for me, being a mom has changed how I deal with my mental health as well, because I've been dealing with depression for probably 15 years, Um, actually diagnosed when I was 25, so 12 years ago, but it had been an issue before. And um, my depressive episodes used to be that I could just, I would sleep most of the time, I would sleep 20 hours a day and not leave my house and not eat and, and just not take care of myself. But now I have two children and my husband works out of town a great deal so um i'm their number one and i cannot fall asleep and stay asleep all day no matter how much i'd like to so um when i'm not getting sleep at night and my mood is depressed um i i'm tired but but i get up and have a cup of coffee and, and move on with my day because i just can't do that to my kids you know and i realize that my depression is probably a lot less severe than others because I know that there are some people that really can't get out of bed. But um, for me, having those little people, just you know, my son, like I said, he's he's happy to go to sleep. He's happy to wake up, and he typically wakes me up in the morning. And uh, his beautiful little face is just there, and I, I just have to get out of bed. So, but that said, um, I struggle with energy and and kind of go about the motions sometimes. A little bit frameless, like a zombie. But you still do it, right? Have to. And would you say that is a big difference between you now and before you started your journey? Absolutely. Because we both started with weight loss goals, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And um, I guess we've both moved on to blog and preach about the benefits of motion and nutrition in terms of mental health. Um, so you've just given a, the listeners a really good idea of how your training and nutrition and I suppose self-analysis has impacted you positively since before you started. Would you like to give the listeners an idea of what your own personal philosophy is on training and nutrition? Because 
this whole podcast is about people listening to us knowing that we're just two ordinary people who are trying to do extraordinary things and this is not a platform from which we are telling people what to do but rather giving the benefit of our our current experience which is going to be a lifelong process so if you wouldn't mind just giving the listeners a kind of overview of your own kind of approach to training and nutrition okay um well it's changed over the years again um you know when i was a kid i was a dancer so i was taking ballet classes and doing performances and literally active every single day of my life Mm -hmm. and as a teenager uh, my family went through some stuff and i got away from the dance and um, was pretty lost without it and i didn't realize how lost for a long time until I actually found weightlifting. So I found another way to move that fills me up and and brings me joy, makes me feel strong and powerful. Mm. Just like nailing a jump or a turn used to when I was was in ballet, right? Um, So for me, I would say my my movement philosophy has changed quite a bit even in the last three years. I love strength training. I, I will always lift weights. It's, it's a passion of mine, but I don't think that everybody needs to start there. Yeah. Uh, I think people, especially who are obese or morbidly obese, um, who don't move at all, who are sedentary, need to start slower than that, and they need to start with walking. And um, the main kind of first step of all of the programs that I do now is to start incorporating walking every single day. Okay. And as we go... Um, as the weeks go on, I start teaching people how to do warm-ups and stretching, and then we actually get into the strength training a month, two months into the journey. Because I think, for me, especially um, motion every day is a huge piece of the mental health piece. You know, it's, it's moving my body, honoring my desire, my body's desire to move, my muscles' desire to be used um, is so, so important. It, it makes all the difference. And... Some days that isn't strength training for me. Some days that's dancing with my kids in the kitchen. Some days mm. it's going for a walk. Some days a bike ride, whatever. Um, it's changed so, quite a bit. Yeah, so just so the listeners know, we didn't actually plan for you to just say what you just said there. And I, I've been talking for a long time about motion, addressing emotions and, you know, increasing the quality of life. And again, it doesn't have to be what I love to do. It doesn't have to be what you love to do, but it does have to be something. So I'm really interested in what you just said there about, I guess, everybody is different. Everybody is at different weights. Everybody has different, I suppose, responsibilities. All that that kind of stuff is going to impact on what motion it is that you do. But you do have to do something every day. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, you know, depending on where my clients are starting, um, sometimes it's starting with a five-minute walk, and tomorrow you walk six minutes, and then the next day you try to walk seven, and if seven hurts, you go back to six. I mean, it, there's no wrong way to do it. Once you start the motion, it continues, right? You just have to do it. Absolutely. And that actually brings us nicely on to the theme of today's uh, episode, which is Oh, what do you do when things are just shitty? What do you do when, you know, the kids are driving you crazy? What do you do when, you know, in my case, work is is off the scale, busy. I have college. I have, you know, my relationship. I have so much stuff going on. And 
I have so much experience of just saying, fuck the gym, fuck motion. I hate saying that to you now because I feel like I, you know, that is just so disrespectful to myself. But I only have the benefit of this knowledge by changing it from feck emotion to motion is completely necessary. Mm -hmm. Vital, exactly. So that brings us nicely onto the question that we received today from Samantha Fontenon. <laughs> Samantha, I'm so sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Um, it's a beautiful name. Myself and Amber figure it's French, but because we have so many Canadians on our pages, and actually Amber is Canadian, <laughs> um, I, I took a stab at it. So Samantha Fontenon wants to know, you guys, tips for overcoming the lull to get yourself to the gym. When you're struggling with anxiety and days of sadness, but know you should use motion to deal with the emotion. And I couldn't have thought of a better question myself, Samantha, so thank you for putting that to us. What do you think, Amber? Um, for me, it's a two-pronged approach. If I'm, you know, things happen, life gets in the way, you know, we have, we lose people, we lose relationships, things that are important to us. Um, we get sad, right? And and you get disconnected from the process. That's totally normal. But um, for me, I start in two different places. The first one is to start eating vegetables. I know it sounds like very unsexy or whatever, but I find that um, the nutrients, the vitamins in veggies give you energy. And they make, they make me want to move. So that's the first place. You know, rather than getting down on myself and feeling you know, like shit and, and beating myself up about it. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should have salad today. And that's it. That's, you know, the one thing that I do that day. And I usually find after three, maybe four days of just trying to get in a couple more vegetables a day, I start feeling like, okay, I'm feeling better. So maybe I need to move. But uh, again, life happens and, and you can get disconnected from wanting to do the movement. So my biggest trick, I mean, I'm lucky because I work out at home. So um, I just have to walk downstairs and look at my gym to get the motivation. But even if that's not working, I find that putting on my gear is is the, is the next step for me. Um, I put on my cute workout clothes. I'm like, yeah, crazy pants. Love it. Um, still, if I don't want to work out, it still happens, right? Um, I don't, I don't have endless motivation. I bargain with myself and say, okay, Amber, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of movement, get on the rower, get on the treadmill, um, yeah. you know, grab some light weights, 10 minutes of movement. If you're not feeling it, you've done 10 minutes and you're done for the day. So I see your 10 minutes, right? And I raise you five minutes. Ooh. Sure. I completely agree with the vegetable part. When I'm having a really crappy nutrition few days, that's my one decision I make now. And again, we haven't discussed this off air, listeners, so this is all learning at the same time for me. Um, that is one decision that I've come to make because I, I can nearly taste the energy that it's giving me. The second thing that I that I managed to do from my perspective in relation to Samantha's question about overcoming the lull to get yourself to the gym, particularly with anxiety, is I'm not sure how helpful this will be for the listeners, but I managed to separate my ability to go train from how I'm feeling. Now, how I managed to do that was 
I made a decision at the start of the year that I was going to train every day for this year. But through that decision, I would say maybe 20, 30 days of those 125 days, the last thing I wanted to do was train. But what I noticed in myself was, I mentioned it in my post earlier, there's a muscle memory that has me driving to the gym after work or before work, and I'm just there. And my commitment is that five minutes. If I'm not feeling it after the five minutes, I'm gone. That hasn't happened yet. Because I get an instant rush of endorphins after the first couple of reps after the first minute of high intensity training i may not be feeling 100 percent then but i have not once yet had the experience of saying f this after five minutes i'm left and that samantha is the experience that i've had this year and believe me i've had anxiety plenty of this year as well so I hope I really hope that answers your question, Samantha. And I, we really apologize. Well, no, I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong. Please correct us on that. Um, our second question, Amber, is from one of our favorite people, Carolyn Campbell. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? So Carolyn wants to know how are two of her favorites in one? Oh no, no, that's just a compliment she's given us. Uh, no, Carolyn wants to know how about how do you make the time to work out and prepare healthy meals a priority when so many other priorities in life are pulling you in so many directions? So it is kind of linked to what Samantha asked us. Um, I read an interesting quote today that was, um, you don't find time, you make time. What do you think about that quote? I absolutely agree. Actually, that was one of my um, themes for uh, Radical Renewal. A whole week we talked about making the room and making the time because we all have the same 24 hours. I know nobody wants to hear that. We all have different experiences. We all have different pressures and responsibilities. But when it comes down to it, we've all got that 24 hours. And what is it? 4% of that is one hour a day, right? Yeah. So you can spend that, you take that 4% for yourself, you know. And for me, when it comes to nutrition and busy moms and, you know, especially single moms uh, who are pulled in all different directions than being 100% of the parent, it's tough. It's my dog. Oh, he was snoring earlier, so I was throwing that out to be quiet. Um, <clears throat> Oh, yeah. So for, for me, for the nutrition portion, um, I, I'm all about convenience foods when it comes to eating healthy. I buy salad kits every single time I go to the grocery store. I don't need to hand wash every single leaf and dry it for it to be a salad that's worthy of my family. Like We just need the vegetables. It, it doesn't have to be a morality better than, worse than thing. You know, if we're strapped for time, I buy vegetables that are already cut. I buy fruit that is easy for my kids to open and handle on their own, you know. Um, rotisserie chickens, already prepared beef, whatever whatever uh, it is. I, I just try not to be too picky about what is ideal because I think it's more important that you get those building blocks in, um, you know, however you can. Yeah, and I think what's really important for everybody listening here is you're not going to get it done every day. you're you're gonna have those crappy days and the important message that i want to give out to you guys from my own journey is i had to become okay with that i had to become okay with that because i'm telling you now the rod that i built for myself to slash my own back with was so strong 
that I went on a spiral of self-loathing and guilt and shame that meant that not only was I not getting up the next day and preparing well and going to the gym, I'm talking I was out for a month. And it's all something of my own making. So the important message that I want to give from the benefit of my experience here is that you have to accept the bad days because the bad days are common. They are going to be there. It's what you decide after the bad days happen that will determine and how much you can limit the self-loathing, limit the guilt, limit the shame. This is a decision that you are capable of making because I did it. If I can do it, anybody can do it, right, Amber? Yeah, we can all do it. Like there's there's no doubt in my mind that mm. we all you just got to find the right tools and you have to find the right thing that makes you want to do it. Um, the reason why and it, you know, this is another thing I talk about with my clients, you know, when I ask, what's your reason? Why are you here? Why do you want to change your life? Why are you trying to change your body? And I get so many people say, well, yeah, I want to be there for my kids. I, you know, I need I need to be healthier for my kids. I need to be able to play like, yeah, that's great. That is a good reason to be here. But what you really need is why you are here. You want to know how you're going to feel when you feel better. Not because you can bend down and play with your kids. That's part of it. But you need to figure out your internal motivation to take better care of yourself. And for me, it always comes down to self-love. You have to feel like you deserve it. And everybody listening here deserves it. Absolutely. We all do. Oh, Definitely. man. Big time. Mm-hmm. I got goosebumps. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I really want everybody to know, and I'm, I know you might be sick of me going on about this, and people are saying, but I've never met you, Dan. You know, I follow your page. but what? I believe in you so much, guys, seriously. And what I'm saying here is a mirror of what I'm saying to myself now, but I didn't say it for so long. And we need people to believe in us. And you're listening to two people right now who believe in you so much, as do Aaron, as does Stephen Obar. You guys have, you have resources, be it online, you know, message us, talk to us, email us. Just reach out. You have it there, particularly those who are listening who are not supported well by their, you know, their nearest and dearest. And I really feel for people in that situation because how are you supposed to get in a situation where you're displaying self-love for yourself all the time when it's not surrounding you from other people who you love you know so big shout out to everybody um so this is the part of the podcast where we are going to take a message from our sponsors hello listeners this podcast is sponsored by the dan kyo barbershop quartet dan dan Welcome back to episode three of the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. Big shout out to the Dan Kyo uh, Barbershop Quartet for stumping up the cash and uh, sponsoring us today. We were nothing without your support, you guys. <laughs> okay, so this is the part of the podcast part two where we are going to give people something to take away from this recording. And I want to ask you what your three tips are for somebody who's listening who is thinking, hmm, I'm interested in what these guys are talking about and I'm, I'm interested in stepping into my own greatness and, you know, getting, getting a better level of happiness and satisfaction with myself. What are the three top things that you would say to that person? 
Hey, well, we've already touched on all three of them, but I will repeat them. Um, again, the first place I always start is with walking. You have to move your body. And walking is safe. You know, it's um, you can control your pace. You can control your environment. It's free. Um, all you need is your feet. So it's, um, it's the best kind of exercise you can do. And listen, I love strength training, like I said. But if you get 20 minutes of walking in a day, your life is going to be better in a month, period. So that's my first. My second, again, is vegetables. I know it's not sexy, and I know people don't love them or, or you get out of the habit of eating them, but um, experiment. You know, right now we're, we're heading into veggie season. We've got farmer's markets opening, and you just got to try new things and find things that you like. Um, we have, my family has about eight veggies that we will eat no matter what. So I try to make sure that those are always stocked. You know, my kids love um, bell peppers or peppers and um, cucumbers. So those are always in my fridge so that they're easy to grab. And I also enjoy them. So eat your veggies. And then the third thing that the most important thing, in my opinion, is to have a community of support that love you and believe in you. And I think we're in such a a unique place in the world right now and in, in history where we can reach out and talk to people on the other side of the world um, at any time of day. So yes, it's unfortunate that not everyone has this support in their own life and their immediate family, um, uh, friendships, etc. but it's still out there. There are still people out there that believe in you and will help you if you just ask. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree with, God, it's it's a really unbelievable time that we've managed to be in now in terms of connecting. And I have had the most unbelievable three years. I met the most unbelievable people who I never, ever would have had a chance to meet. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you do have a question for myself or Amber, please send an email to dankyowellnessproject at gmail.com. You can hit either of us up on Facebook. Amber is at Rural Rebel Mama. I'm at Dankyo Wellness Project. So, you are interested in food, right? Mm-hmm. I like... And I'm, sorry? I like food. Yeah. But I think that you have really uh, done a great job of giving people ways to prepare food and, you know, kind of easy recipes on your page and easy ways to cook them, giving people ideas of things that a lot of people might say, oh, that's too difficult to cook. Mm -hmm. what, what's your, what's your go-to healthy recipe? Well, let me see. Um, I recently made a video of my family's favorite salads. There's three salads on there. You can find it on my page in my videos. Um, spinach salad, cucumber salad, and a Greek salad. And I literally, like, I make my own salad dressing every time I prepare it as I prepare the salad because it's gotten to the point where it takes me 15 seconds to throw the ingredients together. It really is nothing. Uh, and it's so much better than the options, most of the options that are on our grocery store um, shelves. We are in a remote community. There's not a lot of access to fresh ingredients here. We do get produce and stuff, but um, it's pretty limited. So being able to make my own ingredients, my own dressings, my own sauces is um, kind of key to, to eating well here. Um, so that would be probably... 
um, the best place to start for healthy things is, like I said, it's all about the veggies, which is crazy. Like if you were to ask my mother what I would be talking about when it comes to food and, and you told her that it would be vegetables, she would, five years ago, she would have laughed because I've been spitting out green beans since I was born, like since the first time she put them in my mouth. I still don't eat green beans, but I eat a lot of vegetables, so it is possible. This is, this is a new development as I'm like in my late thirties, I'm finally starting to eat vegetables on a regular basis. Um, so it's not too late for you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that, it's actually a recent development for me, but I have an, an, I have an admission to make here live on this podcast. I did not know how to cook poached eggs until rural rebel mama here posted the video of how to cook poached eggs with vinegar. They're so good, right? Oh my god. So tasty. Yeah, and that's, that's a pretty good example of something that most people think, oh, well, I could never do that. And I mean, it literally takes, it's cracking an egg into a boiling pot of water. It's so easy, but, um, you know, and not everything that I cook is super easy. Like, I, I do um, include recipes on my, on my blog that are a little bit more complicated, um, a bit more uh, complex flavor profiles. But most of the stuff that I cook right now for my family is stuff that a three-year-old and a five-year-old are going to eat. So a lot of it is simple um, just by nature because, you know, they don't have super complex palates yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And most of us don't, to be no. fair. <laughs> so back to your blog. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And the reason why I'm asking you this, of course, is of your affiliation with the great uh, Aaron Brown. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, could you give the listeners an idea of move, renew, repeat your program with Aaron at the moment? And what is the basics of that? And how did you guys come up with it? Okay. Um, well, I've been following Erin basically since the beginning of my own page. I found her. Um, she had done this awesome blog post with pictures about how, like, everything is um, all about angles when it comes to fitness pictures. She took some very unflattering pictures of herself and shared them, and people were like, oh, my God, you know. Um, I, I was like, this woman is awesome. So I started following her stuff and just interacting with her stuff. Like, that's kind of my shtick on, on um, Facebook is that I'm not intimidated by people who own pages. I think that we're all people. So I reach out and talk to people who have ideas that I really love. So that's how that came about. But last year, um, I went to a retreat um, put on by Jen Sinclair, Jill Coleman, and Nagar Kundini called Radiance Retreat in in California, and I met Erin there. And we've been speaking already for probably six months at that time, but that was the first time that we kind of were face-to-face. And that was in April. She had released her book, As Is, in November earlier that year, the year before, I guess. And uh, I had been practicing it. I've, I've read that book now probably 20 times. I don't know. I'm very familiar with that book, but uh, it, it changed my life. Um, it actually gave you a practice to feel better about yourself. You know, for a lot of people, this whole self-love topic is esoteric. They're like, well, that's a great theory, but how do I actually put it into practice? Um, which is what that is was. And exactly. And that's what I want to ask you, actually. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, you know, I, I definitely know that a lot of 
people who are listening to this, including myself, who's the host, uh, really, really struggle with, you know, how do I love myself as is? And how do I bring myself back from that esoteric, as you put it, goal of the beach body or the, you know, I suppose the, the what's the best words to say? Like to have a long-term goal is obviously great, but my long-term goal now is lifelong daily motion as opposed to the six-pack or the cabana boy or the, you know, the, you know this, these really kind of aesthetic goals. So what I'm interested to know is what, what you took, and I know Karen Preen, who's a common friend, who's a mutual friend of ours, really got a lot from that book as is as well and is implementing that into her daily life every day. Shout out to you, Karen. Uh, what did you take from as is as worked most for you in terms of loving yourself right now? Well, listen, it, you know, it's 21 days of activities that you um, basically examine your life, how you talk to yourself, how you talk to other people, um, the things that you allow to be said around you about bodies, about your body, about other people's bodies, things that you see in the media, things that you see interact with on Facebook relationships that you have that you know with friends and um, romantic partners and parents you know it's really a comprehensive look at your whole life with um, a sense of gentleness you know it's it's not judgment it's it's you know she's asking you to step back and actually be objective about your reality but it, it doesn't come from a place of this is how you need to live and this is how you could be better it's it's a question. How can you be better? How, you know, is this serving you? You know, that was one of the most powerful um, lessons for me was the ability to stand back and go, is this serving me? Like this behavior that I'm doing, you know, being able to recognize it and then asking myself if it's good for me. Is this helping me in any way or harming me? Um, that's a powerful lesson. And I think the important part you know, that one of the most important parts there is the language that we use about ourselves. I, as you know, have been training to be a psychotherapist. I have my last exam this Saturday for my first year, which is great. Um, but one of the things that I was charged to do was to write down the words that I use to describe myself. And oh my God, was I horrified. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, did I learn the power of language. But not only the power of language, it's the awareness of knowing what how it is that you're speaking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do people become aware? My assertion is that you journal. You actually sit down and don't put on the TV. You sit down, you don't go on Facebook. You sit in your car after you get home for 10 minutes and you actually deliberately think about analyzing your thoughts and hang on, what are those words I use to describe myself? And I'm not even going to say them now. Mm -hmm. The listeners know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So the power of language for me is just, it's something that has smacked me right in the kisser Mm -hmm. this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a a huge piece of the self-love effort is is the way you talk. And um, like you said, like, journaling helps immensely being able to um, objectively stand back you know I'm I I joke that I'm a compulsive oversharer I don't journal um, privately most of the time at this point in my journey because I feel like almost everything that occurs to me is something that somebody else can relate to so 
I share it. I share the shit out of everything, right? Um, <laughs> I, I do, but that's not right for everyone. But what I find with writing is that the ability to step back and to look at it um, from a little bit more of a removed place, you know, putting these emotions in front of you and then stepping back and actually assessing what they are, um, it, it sets them free. For me, it sets it free. Um, and, you know, I share it and, and hopefully help other people realize that, that they can be set free too if they ask the questions themselves. Absolutely. And I, and I guess that's kind of what brought you and Aaron Brown together, right? Because you share that, I suppose, um, that attitude towards this whole process. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I had, um, in one of my groups, I asked her to come in and do a talk um, on as is. Actually, I asked her to do an activity for my group and then to come in and talk to my girls about it. And she came in, I don't know, a week or two early, earlier than her talk was planned and got an idea of how I run my business and how I coach my people. And she told me that that I'm very good at it. She believes that, that I'm one of the best she's ever seen, which is a huge compliment from, I mean, any compliment from Aaron Brown is pretty fucking awesome, but, but that, that's a big one. So um, she told me last year, at the end of the year, that she wanted to bring as is to a bigger coaching group, a bigger platform, um, but that she had tried and I was in her first group as well, and it just wasn't driving with her. The day-to-day grind of running a group wasn't um, her forte, and it's not. She's an idea person. She should be writing. You know, for me, I love the day-to-day. I love the the daily, minute-by-minute interactions with people in the group. So we're a great fit. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I just want to give a big shout out to Erin Brown as well because um, I've been following her page as long as you have and uh, thank you so much Erin for everything that you do. You're empowering not just women, you're empowering this hairy Irish guy as well and I'm sure many other um, hairy blokes across the world who are too afraid to uh, comment on your posts and all that kind of stuff. So really big shout out to Erin Brown. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, so yeah we're gonna wrap it up now amber if that's okay with you we our focus today was how do people really get on with their wellness process when things are just shitty and we touched on a lot of things and thank you so much for your input and what i took away from is we got to just get moving every day yeah that's that's the that's the key you know um waiting for a time when you feel motivated uh, is going to have a lot of time pass between now and then. Like I said, in the beginning, you know, for the 10 years before I started this page, um, my motivation was always discussed. It was always coming to um, the decision to move my body from a place of, of hate. And the biggest change is, has just to decide that like I've evolved. My body has evolved to be moving this way and it feels better and works better and does better. Um, if it does. So yeah, movement's key, you know, and you just got to do it. You just got to put one foot in front of the other. I completely, I completely agree. And my experience this year from the one to five days has been that I've evolved so much. 
Um, I, I've mentioned muscle memory a couple of times. It was kind of in a lighthearted, facetious way in, in that I was feeling crap during the day and I find myself at the gym without realizing what just happened. But um, my body is addicted to that movement because of the, ben- the health benefits that I've had from it, you know. Um, the other thing we touched on today was vegetables. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you know, you got to get your veggies in. Um, and really what I want people to take away from this podcast today is that we are here to support you. Amber mentioned earlier, you got to have that support around you, you know? So what I want you to take away from this is reach out to us. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. If people do want to contact you, Amber, how would they go about that? Um, the easiest way is probably rural rebel mama at gmail.com. That's just a really easy one to remember, but I'm rural rebel mama everywhere. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on Instagram. I'm doing all the things. I'm talking to all the people everywhere. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up, private message me, direct message me, email me. I'm here and I'm happy to talk. Hey, so you're on all the platforms and now you're on a podcast. You know, right? Like everything is happening now. I've been making videos, I've been doing workout videos, and yeah, life is crazy. It's good. Amazing. So Amber's website is ambermickelson.com. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on today, Amber. Um, I really cannot wait to see what response we get to this podcast. It's danko-wellness-project at gmail.com. And yeah, you um, inspire me every day. Always have, always will. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, Dan. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for this new venture of yours.